0: You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Susan Fisher Sterling. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. I I came to work at the National Museum of Women in the Arts uh, thirty two years ago. I uh, really took to the idea that the museum was controversial. That a lot of men said, "Why do you need a women's museum? Um, there are so many other museums, aren't women? You know, why are women? Why do women have to be separated?" I think feminists also said similar things sometimes. Do we need to have a separate museum for women? Or couldn't we just make sure that women are in all the other museums? It's interesting, too, because some of the people who were more conservative, more traditionalists, would say things like, well, we're not sure we like this feminist concept. So it was very interesting to see the triangulation of opinions about the museum. The way we exhibit the collection is based on themes. uh, Themes that are developed by our curatorial team and often in conjunction with our educators as well as our library. The reason for this goes back a really long way. It goes back to the founding of the museum at a time when frankly when i was a curator we did i did not have enough works in the collection to be able to show works show the collection thematically so the question becomes why did i want to do why did we want to do that and the answer is that in some ways particularly with our collection which is mostly european and american when you take a look at western art history When you show work chronologically, chronology tends to subvert or to discount uh, women and people of color because technically we show up sort of late to the game. Um, The training opportunities were different. If you look at the 18th century, you find some uh, history painting, but you find a lot of portraits, you find still lifes, various sorts of imagery or types of painting that in the hierarchy women were seen as being able to do but men were able to do other kinds of work with which were highest in the hierarchy and so we never were really comfortable with this notion of a chronology that that perpetrated or put forward a hierarchy in the arts so some four or five years ago Um, my uh, charge to our chief curator and our uh, team was, do we have enough works now in the collection? Because the collection is about 5,000 works now. When I started, it was about 600. So, do we have enough works now to be able to create thematic uh, installations within our galleries, our uh, collection galleries, that tease out themes that are important vis-a-vis women, but yet also just important and can we mix the the different eras in a way that's responsible where the art really talks to one another the pieces really talk to one another many many people come to us because of contemporary art and they're very interested in seeing contemporary art which goes a little bit against the idea of many art many museums where the historical work seems to be most important to people. I think that's partly a realization that the National Museum, that women artists came later to the game, and so modern and contemporary art is where women artists have really shown their stuff, if you will, and so the historical work, while it's very important to the story, needs to be interspersed and looked at in relationship to contemporary art and contemporary themes so as to continue to to have a, a real relevance. And so that's a curious thing for us because it's people are coming to us for something we have to offer that might be different than the large municipal or encyclopedic museums. So, in a way, we've been able to shift the discussion, and also still showcase those uh, great, uh, persevering, exceptional talents of the past that really, that really were able to um, succeed way against the odds, totally against the odds. The shift became from being a museum that reinserted women into. Uh, it's the history of art to a more inclusive agenda, which is to champion women through the arts. It allows for the excellence of women. It enables the museum to have programs like the Women Arts and Social Change programming that involves women artists at the center of social change or social action. It also talks about women as change agents. And so the museums, that sort of our permission to do more was created uh, in that new way of thinking about ourselves, while at the same time we continued to do the work of the past, which was reinserting women into the history of art or enabling us to showcase or bring to the fore contemporary women artists who were doing great work. And so it allowed us to bridge the past with the present and see that sort of future for ourselves. I mean, we really are ciphers, uh, not just ciphers, but also integrally involved in these issues that are important to our communities. And you can see we were, how the pandemics, the what's happening with the pandemic is now layered upon what was already a concern that was our focus for the year in that programming. But it's a very, it's a really good model for how you can bridge arts and social change and point to women and artists as being at the center of that it will be interesting to talk about spirituality in the sense of how do you have joy? How do you keep a spiritual life? How do you feel connected to other spaces, other sorts of thoughts um, in the middle, in the midst of difficult times? What kind of artwork might might come of that? And is the spiritual life, is our spiritual life something that we should take very seriously, not just during the pandemic, but afterwards. Genius is such an interesting term. Just like visionary, who decides? Wh- who decides? It's oftentimes based, as you, as you probably have said before, on men deciding. And certainly you have this idea of the solitary genius, the rebel, the working in the garret, the idea that always genius will out no matter what. Geniuses always are know exactly what they're thinking about and they create this amazing work and everybody recognizes it right away. Certainly, there are interesting ways to think about mathematical genius. There are also interesting ways to think about artistic genius, uh, genius for people who are social philosophers, all different manner of uh, of things that people call genius. The truth is, there's a system that props that up uh, and wants to say, this person's a genius, but that person's not. And most often that leads to a whole body of folks who are left out because at least in the past uh, with all kinds of 19th century brain studies, there were all these studies that wanted to prove inferiority of everybody other than a white male. And so I think that the concept of genius at this point in my world is debunked. But that doesn't mean that I don't want women artists to be seen as geniuses, because that's a term that people understand in the, popular, in the world of the popular press, or the, just the, the general population. So you, you do have to play on the field, you, you want to play on the field that's given, just because, I, I like to say, e- even like I remember when I was working with Carrie Mae Weems, Just because there's such a thing as the male gaze doesn't mean you shouldn't stare that gaze down. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.